TII item 401, August 9th, 2016, iOS 9.3.4 and iOS 10.4 and beta 5. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Golly! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of who I am. This episode is sponsored by Away. Go to awaytravel.com slash TII and enter promo code TII to save $20 off the best luggage you have ever owned. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Aaron for sending in the music here in the background. Aaron wrote, Hi, Rob, please find this song strange. This is a track that was originally written using GarageBand on an iPad Pro 9.7 and my Casio PX5S synthesizer in a hotel room somewhere on the road, and then later exported to Logic Pro on my MacBook Pro, where I captured the live electric bass and table performance. I continued to use the iPad during the process via Logic Remote. I can be found online at my official site, AaronToddMusic.com, on Twitter at AaronTodd, and my blog about music, AaronToddOnline.wordpress.com. Regards, Aaron Todd. Well, thanks, Aaron, for the music, and folks, I will put the full song at the end of the episode. Also, I want to thank yours truly for sending in the artwork for today's show. Well, okay, I didn't technically send it in. I just transferred it from one device to the other. I created this artwork by putting on the Noir filter from the stock photo app and then added the text with the over app, which was really easy to do. More about that photo later in the episode. You can see my artwork in the free TI app via the bonus button for episode 401 or at Instagram.com slash Today in iOS and also as a standalone post in the VIP section and at Facebook.com slash Today in iOS. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email to me at todayinios at gmail.com and please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and our music. And of course, we need more songs, more more songs, music, music. I need your music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote, quote, The launch of the Storm 3 gives Rem the long-awaited answer to the iPhone and high-end Android devices. Unquote. Michael Lee Investing Blog, 16th of January, 2011. Well, if the Storm 3 gave Rem an answer to the iPhone and high-end Android phones, then the question must have been, what do those devices not need to worry about? Because that would be the Storm 3. This week, we have promo codes for the app Azzle. A-Z-Z-L. Here is a written review from the dev. Quote, Azzle is a game that pops out of the screen with bright colors and a distinctive art style, but up until now it had only been available on the iPhone and iPad. That is no longer the case, though. With the title landing on the Apple TV this week, a combination of game and cartoon, Azzle sees you tapping, swiping, moving, and rotating a range of animated puzzle pieces to complete images. There's a variety of worlds to explore, with each one being inhabited by a range of characters, all animated as slickly as the protagonists in your usual Saturday morning cartoons. Unquote. Well, thanks to the devs for their review of their app, Azzle, and for sending in promo codes for their app to give away. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, please send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put Azzle, iOS, or Azzle, TV, so A-Z-Z-L space I-O-S or A-Z-Z-L 
space TV in the subject line, depending on, of course, if you want a chance to win the iOS or the Apple TV version. A quick reminder, if you are an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment for free. We just need their five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook indicating you are the dev or the author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. When I opened up the TI app, I got the notification in the first picture here, which shows an error message, quote, an error occurred with push notification registration, unquote. So I deleted the app, re-downloaded it, and upon launching the new download, I got the notification again in the second picture, which has the same error message. And I have not received notifications from you. Please advise. Regards, Dr. John M. Sadly, it looks like iOS 9.3.3 is causing issues with push notifications for many apps, and TII is part of many apps, as is Facebook app and the WhatsApp and, well, many apps. However, our devs have a fix, and a new version is coming. And a couple of users also sent in word that the app showed all the episodes saying they were premium. And it seems to be just a small number of users with that issue. And running iOS 9.3.3, if you are seeing the episodes locked down and saying premium only, let me know which version of the iOS and which iOS device you have. We also believe we have a fix for that, but in the meantime, if you have that issue, let me know. And there is a fix you can do now to reset that. Sorry about the issues with iOS 9.3.3 and the TI app. Yeah, iOS 9.3.3 and the TI app. Not peanut butter and chocolate. Nope, nope, nope. Beyond just messing with the TI app and the Facebook app and many other apps, iOS 9.3.3 had some other issues, and that led to iOS 9.3.4 which Apple said, quote, iOS 9.3.4 provides an important security update for your iPhone or iPad and is recommended for all users, unquote. So I updated to iOS 9.3.4 and the push notification error message sadly is still there, as is the issue being reported of the episodes showing as premium. So any changes to iOS 9.3.4 did not affect the issues that came about from iOS 9.3.3. They are still there. And our dev team believes both will be fixed in the next update for the TI app, which I believe is in and being reviewed. So hopefully it will be live shortly. And then literally right after I typed that, I went to check and the update appeared. So here is the solution for anyone with the TI app update to version 2.1.2. Zero, that is. So 2.1.20, um, which you should see under updates now. And I did the update, and the push notification error is squashed. Thanks to Michael S., our lead dev, for the quick turnaround on that fix. Per what iOS 9.3.4 fixes, one of the items is a problem with memory corruption that was discovered by the Pangu jailbreak team. Apple did give credit to Pangu team for discovering the vulnerability. In the Google Plus community, when Kenneth Berger asked, is anyone, have anyone updated to 9.3.4? And if there were any issues, there were a bunch of responses and they were all positive. If you have not updated to iOS 9.3.4 and you're at 9.3.3, go ahead and release the hounds. One thing I've not been able to find out is if Apple gave a bounty to the Pango team for finding the exploit. My guess would be no. 
Some might say, but Rob, you recently said Apple does not give out bounties for finding security bugs. And in the past tense, that would have been correct. But Apple is seeing the error of their ways and now will start paying bounties to those, quote, researchers, unquote, that find security bugs. Apple said those rewards will be up to $200,000. By offering up a bounty, Apple now pretty much joins every other tech company out there that has an OS, because they all offer bounties. However, there is a catch, because, well, this is Apple, and there's always a catch. Initially, the program will be limited to about 25 researchers who Apple will invite to help find potential security bugs. Sorry, any thoughts you had of claiming this? Yeah, not so much, so don't go out and buy the Tesla just yet. According to info supplied by Apple to Reuters at the Black Hat Conference, earlier this month, the most lucrative category, the one that offers up the 200k rewards, is for finding bugs in Apple's secure boot firmware from preventing unauthorized programs from launching when iOS devices is powered up. Apple did say their reason for limiting who can be part of this is because their competitors told them that is the right way to do it. And Apple believed them. Yikes. Apple did say eventually they would open it up to more people, but for now, don't call us, we'll call you. More info on this one, I am sure, on a future episode. Last week, iOS Beta 4 was released. I should point out, of course, this is iOS 10 Beta 4. I should point out for devs, it was Beta 4. For the public, it was listed as Beta 3. But we just talked per the devs version to keep things simple. And that was the fourth version of the iOS 10 Beta. One of the new features in the fourth Beta was the addition of a new 3D touch feature. The harder you press down on the delete key, the faster it deletes things. Of course, the fourth beta contained the obligatory bug fixes and improvements as well. Some other items new in it include there is a new control center splash page. In beta 4, folder animations are sped up versus past betas. Apple also redesigned emoji characters. And the Taptic Engine vibration when you manually lock the phone is gone. So last one was more of what was taken away than what was added. With iOS 10 Beta 4 released last week, a few sites over the weekend were reporting on rumors slash leaks that Beta 5 would be released on August 15th. Said leaks were the same ones that reported when the Apple event would be, as in it was a calendar and they were guessing. And they guessed wrong, because iOS 10 Beta 5 was released today, August 9th. And I held off on releasing this episode because my inside sources said, Rob, don't release on Sunday. Wait until Tuesday when you can report on Beta 5. I'll buy that for a dollar. So what is the new Beta 5? Well, of course, the first is the obligatory bug fixes and improvements. So that's what's new. But then there's initial reports of other changes. And there is now a different sound when you lock your iPhone, plus louder typing sounds. There is also new music output icon in the control center for the stock music app. So this is where you want to, you know, what, if you want to see what sources where you can push your music to, there's a nice cute little icon. Almost looks like uh, on the back of the dollar bill. One other new feature or bug is that when you reboot your device, you don't have to re-enter your iTunes password when making purchases. You can just use Touch ID as it should have always been. 
I said it is either a feature or a bug, as I would not be shocked to see that removed. But hopefully it is a feature, a long, long overdue feature. If you have the smart battery case, if you are that person, the new beta should now allow it to work properly with your iPhone 6 or 6S. This, according to the release notes, previously some devices would crash when running the old betas and the smartphone battery case in place. The new widget panel, which you can get to by swiping to the right, hey, must mean it's cute, um, displays the date on all devices. One other great thing about it is being beta 5, and that's I'm now putting it on my iPhone. Actually, I did install it. I've traditionally waited for the fifth beta, and well, now I can get started on all of my iOS devices to really see how it works. I, it is on my iPhone 6 Plus right now. So far, so good, and I'm really liking the new notification centers. Uh, have more of my thoughts on this uh, next episode. To start with, I did do a full download and then updated from iTunes. So whenever I do these betas, I do it right from iTunes the first time. Now I'll put the provisioning file in and do the over-the-air. But initially, I did that. So far, so good. Again, I'm only had it on a few hours, but it's looking good right now. I will say this. If you are a dev and you haven't updated your primary device to iOS 10 Beta 5, you probably want to do so now so you can really start testing your app and getting it ready for the Goldmaster, which we're almost a month away. By the time you hear this, we're going to be pretty close to a month away from at least the Apple event. And then, you know, what, six weeks, worst case, when iOS 10 is released. So time to start testing out your own apps on your main device, really see how well it's working with the betas. And of course, if you've downloaded the TI app and you're using the TI app and you're running iOS 10 beta, please let me know if you see any issues with the beta and the TII app. Tim Cook went to Twitter last week and tweeted out this message, quote, at App Store developers have now earned over $50 billion. Congratulations on your success and such inspired creativity, unquote. That is one heck of an industry. If you look at most of that coming in the past few years, on a yearly basis for the last year, that would make the iOS app marketplace a greater than $15 billion a year industry. That is larger than the NCAA basketball season, including March Madness. It is larger than the frozen yogurt industry. No froyo for you. It is even larger than the porn industry, regardless of what numbers you read from a low of $1 billion a year to a very often discredited high of $14 billion a year. Kudos to Apple and team for creating such a robust global industry. Longtime listeners to the show know that in my past life, I used to travel a lot for business. I had one of those jobs where I was traveling four out of every five weeks or more, doing 175 k in the air in my craziest year. Which is why I was happy to bring on this new advertiser for the show, Away. They make great luggage. They sent me their carry-on bag. It is incredible. It has built-in 10,000 milliamp hour battery pack that will charge an iPhone 6 five times and my iPhone 6 Plus at least four times. I was traveling with it, and on my very first flight, I'm going down the aisle, and a woman points to her significant other and says, look at that, what a great idea. She asked me about it, 
And naturally, I said, go to awaytravel.com slash TII and use promo code TII to save $20 off the suitcase. She looked at me confused. Yes, yes, I actually did say that to her. Have you ever gone to your gate and the first thing you did was look for a place to plug in your cell phone? Peeking around those columns, looking for the power outlet? No more. You actually can be charging it as you're walking through the airport, waiting online to get on the plane, and as I mentioned, going down the aisle of the plane. But beyond the battery pack, it is a great bag that meets my requirements for a good carry-on bag. Wheels under all four corners, and it swivels 360 degrees. That makes it easy to get down the aisle. You don't have to try to carry it down the aisle. You just push it down the aisle. It's a nice, smooth flow in the airport, and it has double wheels under each corner. So it's actually eight wheels, something I really like. It is lightweight also, very durable, and even has a lifetime warranty. If anything breaks, they will fix or replace it for you for life. Sweet. And there is a 100-day trial. If it is not for you, then just return it for a full refund. No questions asked. It comes with a charging cord and comes in a really nice laundry bag. So when you get it out of the box, it's packed inside a laundry bag. And inside there is a bag for your shoes as well. So there's a nice little bag that folds up in a little zip area that you can unroll and put your shoes in to keep everything from getting dirty. They have uh, really looked at all the details in making this the best carry-on bag I've ever owned or even seen. Even the shipping box has a nice away travel artwork on the inside. Very, very applish. In addition to the carry-on, they also have a mid-size and a larger check-in bag, but only the carry-on has the battery pack. If you'd like to save $20, go to awaytravel.com slash TII. Use promo code TII. Again, awaytravel.com slash TII. Use promo code TII to save $20 off your order. Hello, Rob. This is Justin from Pennsylvania. I was just calling to give you some of my iOS 10 beta 3 um, impressions. I I downloaded the first one. I had all the same problems people were saying, but I figured like a lot of people weren't talking about things they like best about it. Heard a lot of complaining about it, which hey, I get it. You know, things are changing, and that's always, you know, it's difficult. But anyway, I love the lock screen changes that you can actually do things on the lock screen that you shouldn't be able to do. Like I like to do threaded conversation through uh, through messaging. So like when you you do uh, at least if you have a 3D touch enabled device, you do a press a hard t- hard press on the message, and then you can just have a conversation on the lock screen where it's almost like you're your messages pops up and you can have a whole conversation there. You can see when people are typing back if it's my message. And I love the big emoji. It's so much easier to see them. Um, probably me being a little old, sometimes I can't see what the emojis actually are. But now I can, so it's really cool. I also really love the swiping to the right for the camera on the lock screen and the widgets being available on the lock screen a lot easier. I like them better being swiped to the left, I mean, towards the left to uh, get to those widgets. I think it's so much better. Also, messages is really cool. I only have one other person with the beta, so I haven't been able to do too many fireworks or confetti. But that stuff's going to be really fun when using it, which is what's awesome about iOS. When it comes out, most people will be using it. So it, it's it's really cool. I like the messages. It's just fun. It's not like it's for fun conversations and I really like the messages. I think it's slick and it's nice that they're making it more fully featured and I can't wait to see what happens when apps are attached to it. I haven't noticed any major differences in Siri, but uh, so far it seems pretty stable. Uh, 
if you don't mind a few bugs here and there, um, I recommend you trying it. I'm actually using it on I use it on my iPad for a while, and I'm I'm doing a ill-advised test run on my phone, and so far it's been great. So it uh, that's a lot of fun, and I think uh, it was surprisingly easy to get into, and um, reporting bugs and really enjoying it. If there's anything that I think of that I don't like about it, I think I'll call back. But just want to say a few of those things that are really cool. One other thing I should really like. I don't know if it does anything other than telling you to reduce your screen, but in the battery now, there's a new feature that tells you about how to conserve your battery, like gives you a suggestion. Mine only tells me to turn my screen brightness down, but I already have it as low as I'm willing to have it. I think that could be a cool feature if it does more than just telling you to turn your screen brightness down. I think that could be really good for, you know, regular users on, you know, how to get the most out of your phone since we're always draining our phones, and I just think that is one of the biggest problems everyone has. Thank you so much, Rob. I love the show, and I hope everyone else is out there enjoying uh they're uh, the new iOS 10, and I'd love to hear what other people think of it. Thanks. Have a great day. Bye. Justin, thanks for the feedback. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. Well, I've seen the so-called iPhone 7 from this guy on YouTube channel, Everything Apple Pro, and then I think the 9to5Mac showed the new earbuds. I know everyone wants to see the new iPhone will look like, and YouTubers have a job to do, but it's no more exciting anymore. Are there, is it just me reading the news and watching the videos? Regards, Charday. And, you know, other people have had this issue and they're basically disappointed that all these things get leaked now and there's no real surprise. But I guess it's like when you have a baby, you can either be surprised when the baby's born or you can be surprised when they tell you what it is when they do the sonogram. Leakers got a leak, reporters got a report. But the last few years, it really hasn't been any surprises. Ever since that iPhone was lost, really, inside the uh, uh, bar, it's really been downhill as far as being shocked at the day of announcement. We are now over 3,000 members in our Google Plus community and growing. Thanks to everyone that has joined, and thanks for the great posts. One new post in the Google Plus community that went up since the last episode that has had lots of comments came from Mark Henry on August 2nd who posted the following, quote, does anyone know of a quality photo editor app program for Mac iPhone that would help me touch up images of my home? I'm attempting to circumvent having to hire some home photographer to help me sell my house. Any help would be greatly appreciated, unquote. And again, there were a bunch of replies to this. Lawrence McFarland and Daniel Evans both recommended Snapseed. Robert Spivak replied, quote, Pixelmator, Available for iOS and macOS, hands down the closest thing to the power of Photoshop at a fraction of the price and much easier to use, unquote. Latin, or Jatin Kapoor suggested Adobe Lightroom, and Ben Nielsen recommended Affinity Photo as the best non-Adobe photo editor on the Mac. All folks, thank you for your replies. And since the last episode... There were also dozens and dozens and dozens of other new posts and comments in the TII Google Plus community, which is an Android fanboy's free zone and spammer-free zone. Yep, it is the most civil Google Plus community covering iOS. Folks, go to todayinios.com slash community to join in. And thanks to all 3,000 plus of you already in the community and contributing. From Karthik M in Google Plus, Apple has renamed the existing remote app to iTunes Remote and has created a new Apple TV remote. It is featured in the App Store today, quote-unquote. 
Well, Garthic, thank you for the heads up on that. And I will have a link to the new Apple TV remote in the show notes for episode 401 at todayinios.com. If you're looking for the gun emoji in iOS 10, Apple has replaced the lead projectile launching emoji with a water launching one. Yes, Apple replaced the 38 stub nose gun emoji for an emoji of a green water gun. There are other changes to the emojis Apple made, but the gun one is the only one people really seem to be talking about. But honestly, Apple, if you're going to replace it with a water gun, the green one? It's not what I would have chosen. If you want to go retro like that, um, go with the ugly transparent yellow ones that were so popular in the 70s. Or better yet, put in a super soaker. We are getting closer and closer to the Apple event in September, so that means more and more posts titled Everything We Know About the iPhone 7 or something very similar to that. Really, only thing that's changed in the last week is multiple reports of a blue version of the iPhone 2016, and it is looking more and more like the headphone jack is going off to live on that same farm in the country that Apple sent the 30-pin dock connector to live at. People are complaining more and more about the lack of the headphone jack or the reported lack of the headphone jack. But the more that these leaked photos and prototypes are released, the more it looks like the headphone jack is no more. And that's going to lead to a lot of complaints come September. I mean, there's going to be a lot of complaints. I've already seen a lot of people write articles that say, Apple does this, they are switching to Android. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. I came across this article and thought you might be interested in it. Thanks for all you do. Regards, Jeannie T. in Chicago. Thanks, Jeannie. And the article is titled, Dear Apple, these are our demands for the next iPhone. One, do not ditch the headphone jack. Again, this may be crying over spilled milk at this point. Two, give us better battery life. As said before, photography and battery life are the two key things Apple looks at each time. Sadly, this author is clueless as they also ask for a detachable battery. Um, no. Three, stop insulting us with comical limits on storage options. Most rumors, I should point out, do say 32 barely enough gigabytes is now the new low end. Personally, I would not recommend anything less than the 64 bare minimum gigabyte versions. The 128, now we're talking gigabytes, is really what I recommend. And the 256, I have a new child or puppy, gigabyte version, is great for those of you that will have a new child or new puppy. Four, make it shatter and waterproof. Agree on the waterproof, but shatterproof? Apple tried that, and the results were the bankruptcy of GTAT for their efforts. Five, go wireless. Uh, Not yet. (laughs) Six, make an even better camera. This is one area clearly Apple is trying to make a difference, and they do increase the specs each time. So not sure why it needs to be in the list. Based on the rumors you are hearing lately, folks, what are the features that you want for the next iPhone that are not being leaked at this point? Is there something that you really wanted that I haven't talked about as being one of the leaked features? Give us a call, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or shoot us an email, today in iOS at gmail.com. The other rumor du jour since the last episode had to do with the earbuds, as in wireless Apple earbuds coming our way. 
according to, quote, a source with the knowledge of the project, unquote, which by now you know means the reporter's just guessing and hoping to be right. The source, quote, unquote, claims Apple is working on a special Bluetooth ultra-low-power chip for the earbuds. Said lower-power chip comes from the tech developed by Passive Semiconductor, a startup that Apple purchased in 2013. However, then the author goes into cover all the bases mode, saying the source said they did not know when it would be launched and it is hitting technical issues, and if it does not work 100%, it will be scrapped. Well done there, sir. You created a perfectly easy list of reasons why your source's info did not pan out. But if he does get lucky and hits any of the marks, then he can point out to it and say, hey, look, see, I really do have a source. Reality is, if the headphone jack is gone, as it seems to be in all the rumors, then Apple must release a wireless earbud set. So do you expect to see something in that category in September, unless, you know, they run into issues, then all bets are off. Johnny Evans over at Computer World had an article about how Apple may sell as many as 6 million new Apple Watch second-gen units, quote, within the first few weeks of release, unquote, this based on results from a NextWorth survey. According to that survey, half of current Apple Watch owners say they will upgrade to the next-gen device, and 22% of non-smartwatch owners plan to buy one this year. And he also pointed out a recent Risley survey that found an amazing 94% of existing Apple Watch customers are still satisfied with their devices. One of the analysts out there figures that Apple Watch sales to date have been around 13.6 million units. Going back to the next worth data, that means 50% or 6.8 million Apple Watch second gen sales to just existing Apple Watch owners. Potential Apple Watch buyers were asked what would make them use their device more, and the respondents' top five responses were 57% said longer battery life. No, duh. 37% said easier, faster to charge. Huh? Really is very easy to charge. Guess this is per those that not that are not already an Apple Watch owner. 36% said more stylish design. Okay, I can see that. 31% said Wi-Fi enabled. Uh, again, that's probably for those that are not Apple Watch owners. 30% said useful fitness apps. And same there. Not currently Apple Watch owners, I would imagine, gave that response. So really, three out of five of the top items the Apple Watch already has covered. Too many of those reporting on the Apple Watch understate the Apple Watch. But I personally really love mine and wear it all the time. I had someone this past weekend at the Elite Man Conference come up to me and ask if I really did wear it all the time. I took it off and showed him the tan lines where it was, and he was like, oh... Because it's really clear I do wear it all the time when I take it off. Johnny Evans had another article on the Planet of the Apps TV show with TV in quotes as it may really be an Apple TV show. So we should really just call it Planet of the Apps Apple TV show. It looks like the show will have Gwyneth Paltrow and Gary Vanderchuk and Will.im as featured members of the show. So not just guests, but members of the show. And then, of course, all the devs that Apple is out there currently combing through trying to find the most interesting and made-for-reality-TV types that they can get. At least one person listening to this show has advanced in the selection process. Congrats. Hopefully a few more of you will move on to the next rounds 
And then hopefully you'll be out there in LA in the December, January timeframe shooting video. And hey, put a little TII plug in there if you can, if you get on the show. Just saying. Hey, Rob, this is Carl Brooks from Detroit, Michigan. You had a caller ask about uh, how to set up the iPhone for their child or teenager. The only thing I, uh, that you're missing that I always do is the family share. You put the family share on one, you can share your calendars, but you also can share your uh, purchases for your iOS devices. And it allows the kids to, you know, browse the store and pick whatever they want, but it has to be approved by the parent. So you'll get a request from the from the child saying, hey, Kurt asked for this app, and it'll allow you to read the app, the reviews, and you can either approve it or decline it. Uh, so family share is definitely a, a plus or a must. And then also, I personally put on my teenager's phone that I pay for uh, an, an app called Moves. I have it on my phone as well. And Moves just keeps track of wherever you are, whenever you're moving. They'll say whether you're walking, running, cycling, uh, in transport, on the plane, or whatever. And it just keeps the history. So at any point in time, I can just... Uh, as for the device, and take a look at the movie data uh, and uh, know what's been going on. Uh, usually, I have the restriction on that they cannot delete an app. So they're allowed to add an app, but they have to get it approved. They cannot delete the app, so they can't delete my movies app. And then finally, I upgraded my phone to 9.3.3. I did do the Chinese version of the jailbreak. Uh, it went pretty smooth and been having everything appears to be working fine. So I did get something very weird uh, after the jailbreak. Uh, initially, immediately after uh, upgrading, I'm sorry, uh, applying the jailbreak, I received an email from Apple saying that my credit card was now no longer associated with my watch for some reason. So I'm not sure why that was deassociated, and, and I had an option to add it back on which I didn't do just yet. And then the other day I had some, something real weird. I got this pop-up that says that my passcode is required to be changed, and it gave me it said that it, was, it needs to be done within an hour, and it gave me an option to continue or do it later. And if I hit later, it disappeared. And next time I turn my phone back on, it will come up and say, now there's 32 minutes, whatever. And if I hit continue, it wanted me to give my old password or passcode and then put the new one in. So I called Apple up, and of course Apple said that that is not a feature because I wasn't sure if it was a feature for 9.3.3 or not. And they said it's definitely a phishing attempt, and I have, have never had that occur on my phone previously, jailbroken or not, so I was definitely wary of that. And eventually it did disappear. I think I dismissed it around 30 minutes, and it never came up again, so... But that was very curious, and I will have to attribute that to the jailbreak because I had surfing on any website. If I get the time, I'll send you the, the images so you can see both the images. It looked very official, and uh, it was just overlaid over whatever I was working on on the iPhone. Uh, so it was really weird. Okay, appreciate the show. Always do a great job. Bye. Carl, thanks for the feedback, and glad to hear that you did not put in your old passcode and thank you for the screenshots and it definitely was legit ish looking legit -ish enough that I'm sure it fooled quite a few people to put in their information. As we mentioned previously, some people did get their information 
stolen that did the jailbreak. My guess is that phishing scheme is part of what got them. I'm uh, glad to hear that you were smart enough not to put it in and to be very weary, as anybody should be, that jailbreaks. Again, that's why right now I am not recommending the jailbreak of 9.3.3. And again, it wasn't even a tethered. It was a tethered jailbreak, not an untethered jailbreak. And I don't usually recommend a jailbreak unless it's untethered anyway, because if it's tethered and you're out and remote and your phone crashes and you don't have your laptop and you're going on a business trip and you've left your computer behind, you are kind of SOL. So I only really recommend untethered. And in this case, given everything that's up in the air and the issues with the phishing scheme and people getting information stolen, I just have to say stay away from the 9.3.3 jailbreak. Stay far, far away from it. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. I have some added suggestions for a router to use in a hotel. The Apple Airport Express may not be the best choice at its relative expensive price, bulky size, and lacking in features. The one feature that is really necessary for converting a wired hotel Ethernet jack into a wireless network for an iOS device is the ability to handle the hotel login authorization page. Unlike a home network, many hotels or other public networks will display a special login web page. Until you log in at that page, you can't actually reach the internet itself. At a min minimum, the login requires confirming the terms and conditions of public use in hotel and hotspot locations. You may need to log in with an account your room number, or even a pay as a pass with a credit card. The Apple Airport Express is not able to handle these special login pages. I re recommend traveling with a travel router that, among the many features, have explicit support for public hotspot slash hotel login pages. Two good choices are the TP-Link TL-WR7029 or OTN, at $15.28 at Amazon, or the Hoto, H-O-O-T-O-O, TripMate Wireless N Portable Travel Router, that's $49.49 at Amazon. Both of these have several modes of operation, bridge, router, access point, client mode, etc. The TP-Link is incredibly small. It will fit easily in the palm of your hand, and so can be stashed in the in your pocket if necessary. The Hoto is nice because it also has a built-in battery that can be used to recharge your iPhone. Since you might uh, be carrying this kind of device all the time, but only need to use it occasionally if the public uh, hotel public hotspot does not have the wi have Wi-Fi, the extra features are useful. The Hoto can also work as a mini network uh, attached storage. Just plug in a USB stick or external USB drive and the files can be shared over Wi-Fi. Great for streaming movies from a large flash drive for kids when on vacation, etc. I have even used them on an airline to share the slow and expensive Wi-Fi with my family while only paying for one pass. Shh. Uh, works fine for email and basic web, but not much else. Regards, Robert Spivak. Robert, thanks for the email on that. And if anyone wants the exact numbers of those two devices, just email me today in iOS at gmail.com and I'll send those to you. 
This week for a Kickstarter project, I found one called Peak Screen. Two words. It had a goal of 11K and has raised over 14K, so it's funded. Congrats, guys. And if you want this one, you have until September 4th at 6.59 a.m. Central Time to fund it. So you have a few days yet, or a few weeks, actually. So what is Peak Screen? It is a screen protector for both the screen itself and the content on that screen. The most likely way someone is going to get sensitive information off your device is by looking at your screen while you're using it. This screen protector helps by narrowing the field of view in which people can see what is happening on the screen. Quote, Peak Screen, a highly transparent tempered glass protective cover that brings strength, durability, and privacy to your mobile device, unquote. It's part of how they describe it. Right now, it is just for the iPhone 4, 5, 6, and SE series, or in other words, not for the 6 Plus series. Pricing is $22, and delivery is set for January 2017. Their claim for specs are 1. Privacy, 2. Anti-scratch, 3. Anti-smudge, 4. It's a real glass, 5. 0.3 millimeters thin, and 6. 87% clarity. So if you use your iOS device a lot in public, say on the subway or other public places that are crowded, and you still want to watch porn, I mean, you want to access sensitive data and not have others see what you have on your screen, you may want to search for peak screen, two words with peak spelled P-E-E-K. And you can look over at kickstarter.com or in the show notes for episode 401 at todayinios.com. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. Thanks for all the great iOS info you provide in your podcast and the free app stuff. Can you please ask your listeners if they have found any durable, cheap, non-Apple iPhone, iPad charging cords? The kids in my family break the cords frequently. I can't afford to keep buying the expensive Apple versions, which also break or stop working as well. I've bought, I've been buying cheap cords from websites, Mostub, for example, but they stop working within days. Any advice is appreciated. Regards, Laura in LA. Laura, thanks for the email message. I was going to talk about the Moss Spring Lightning Cable. It comes in one, three, and six, and ten foot lengths, and pricing starting at nineteen ninety five and the problem was when you go to Amazon and you read the reviews, some one-star reviews, quite a few one-star reviews, and that's problematic because what they talk about is the cable holding up, but the lightning connector, the actual tip of the lightning plug breaking off. But the cable itself looks pretty good. That said, I'm going to throw this one out to the audience. Give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Let us know if you've bought any heavy-duty lightning cords, had them at least six months, and they're really durable, and they're holding up, and they're not having any issues. So if you have bought a heavy-duty cord, if especially if you've bought the Moss Spring lightning cable, because that one depending on which articles you read, was actually pretty good, except when you go to the Amazon reviews, and then not so much. Uh, so let us know which cable you got and how it's working for you. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. Something has been bothering me for a while in iOS 9 on an iPhone 6. When I use the search from the home screen, sometimes it works fast, sometimes okay, and most of the time it's excruciatingly slow. I haven't been able to pinpoint the reason for it. Any advice? 
Keep making the best podcast. Regards, Alex from Walnut Creek, California. Hi, Alex. Thanks for the kind words. And per your question, I guess it really depends on what you're searching for. It tends to be pretty quick for me, but sometimes I do see some slowdowns, and it's usually when it's some terms that it's searching for stuff that's out of the device, kind of a web search, and my internet connection is not that good. So I would ask this, the next time you do a search where it's slow, what is it that you search for? And what's your internet connection? And I'll throw it out to the audience. If anyone has an answer for Alex, please let us know. There was a funny, cute, or kind of predictable story from my download blog. And it goes like this. Uh, Seems some people that are disgruntled network execs are going to the press to complain about Apple's hard-nosed negotiation tactics and unreasonable demands, which probably means Apple is asking for a good deal for consumers. And the person complaining about this mentions that for their meeting with Apple's Eddie Q, he, quote, arrived 10 minutes late wearing jeans, tennis shoes, with no socks and a Hawaiian shirt, while all the other executives from their company were wearing suits, unquote. Because, yes, going to the press and complaining that your folks that are all dressed in suits and the Apple folks that are dressed casually, yes, that wins you over in the world of PR and public relations, right? Seems a few years ago, AT&T also complained about Apple's wardrobe choices, where someone at AT&T suggested that Steve Jobs should wear a suit to meet with the AT&T board of directors. This person was then told, quote, We're Apple. We don't wear suits. We don't even own suits, unquote. Reminds me of the first time when I had a meeting with Qualcomm in San Diego in my past life. I was the one in the suit with others from the company I work for, Vectron, and we go into the meeting and the folks from Qualcomm are all in shorts, sandals, and either Hawaiian shirts or t-shirts. Needless to say, we felt a little uncomfortable, which is probably what these folks did. Felt a little uncomfortable, so now they're complaining. Next time we met with them, we dressed a little bit more casual for that meeting, but not that casual. Back to the email bag. Hi Rob, as we get close to the next iPhone launch, there will be a lot of analyst speculation on how many people will or will not upgrade and how that affects Apple sales and revenue. Since you do a good job of following this on the podcast, I wanted to add my opinion about something that is not marketed well by Apple or highlighted by most analysts. A lot of the attention seems to be on whether the next phone, iPhone, will have enough wow features to cause the current iPhone owners to upgrade. But this overlooks the large majority of iPhone owners that have skipped one or more generations, so the upgrade decision is usually much better, or actually much better. For example, my wife and I still have iPhone 6 Plus. We skipped upgrading for the iPhone 6S series because we bought unlocked full-price phones, and wanted to maximize the value by slowing our upgrade cycles. So upgrading to the next iPhone means we get all the new features of the iPhone 6S, better camera, 3D touch, faster touch ID, along with whatever else is new in the next iPhone. For me, having skipped generation, I have already decided that we will upgrade no matter what, since we have waited two years and want the the 6S features alone, So everything else beyond that is just a nice bonus. I have some non-tech friends that still have the iPhone 5 and even a few with the iPhone 4S. For them, the jump ahead is even greater. I think Apple 
maybe even you on the podcast should talk about the upgrades listing all the features you get when you change from one model to another. For example, if you upgrade from the iPhone 4S to the iPhone 7 or whatever it's called, you get all these features you've missed a long list, plus these new features not yet known. If you upgrade from the iPhone 5 to 7, you get all these features, shorter list, plus this, and so on and so on. You get the idea. When you look at the real-world upgrade choices, even an incremental improvement for in the iPhone 6S to the iPhone 7 features is really a huge upgrade for many people that are on older iPhone versions and ready to upgrade. I've been talking mainly hardware, but with iOS 10, I think the cutoff shifts to only supporting the iPhone 5, so anyone with a 4S also loses out on all of the iOS 10 software changes too. Regards, Robert Spivak. Well, thank you, Robert. And yes, absolutely, you do. You get more than just the current gen, and, and a lot of times people just compare to that. But this time around, you're going to be getting quite a few people with the iPhone 5S that'll be upgrading and 5, as you mentioned. And then, of course, the big question will be, how many people do you get from the 6 and 6 Plus that are going to move up two generations? That's really the big thing on how successful this will be. Can you get people that are just second gen away that bought in 2014? Can you get the 2014 buyers, which was a really, really big year for Apple, can you get them to upgrade again? I mentioned earlier that later in the episode, I would talk about the artwork, and that is a photo I took at the Elite Man Conference this past weekend in Plymouth, Mass. I ran into Tim Cook, doppelganger at the conference and he was nice enough to take a photo for me i used uh, the over app to add the tii and up 401 on his shirt i want to thank tim cook's doppelganger again for taking that photo with me for podcast 411 listeners just wanted to let you know episode 232 is out i have an interview with jen from congressional jish please go to podcast 411 and check it out this next week, not this week, but the following week, I will be at Worldcon, which is the World Science Fiction Convention where the Hugo Awards are. It's actually here in Kansas City this year. And Lipson will have a booth there. So I will be at the show five days, uh, at least Wednesday to Saturday and part of day Sunday. If you happen to be at the show, please come by the exhibit area, say hi, love to shake your hand, whatnot. George R.R. R. Martin is going to be attending this year. Mer Lafferty, co-author with me and Tricks of the Podcasting Masters, will also be at the event. And one of those two is going to be hanging out maybe a little bit at the Libsyn booth. Not going to say which one. But again, hope to see you at Worldcon if you are attending. What is infinity times infinity? Imagine that you have infinity friends and each of them gives you infinity cookies. The answer is, cookies for everyone, and everyone is happy, and Cookie Monster is happy. Thank goodness. Nom nom nom. I want to thank Away for sponsoring this episode. If you would like to save $20 off your order, please visit awaytravel.com slash TII and use promo code TII when you check out. Thanks Away for supporting this show. And before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOONDOG, or record your feedback and email to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode, or it can be a question or rant you have about something else, 
an app or product review, good or bad, as long as it is iOS related, it is welcomed. I am always looking for new artwork to feature that you have created on an iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And of course, we're always looking for more music created on iOS device to play on the show. This is your show and your feedback is greatly desired. Don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. And finally, check out the very newly updated TII app, which is free to you. Search for TII in the iTunes App Store. It's the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications each time a new episode of TII is released. It is fully voiceover friendly, of course. Please go right now and download the TII app. And that, folks, is going to do it for us today. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I.